This is the strategy inside everything. I'm Adam Pierno. All right, welcome back to another episode of the strategy inside everything. I'm very much looking forward to this conversation. I've been wrestling with some alternate theories uh, about this topic in my brain, and I brought on an expert to help me sort them out. Today, I am joined from, uh, are you in Seattle, Washington today? I am in Seattle, Washington, yes. Excellent. I'm joined by Jeffrey Cologne, who is the head of brand studio at Microsoft Advertising, and he is joining us, as we just said, from Seattle. How are you today, sir? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Adam. You guys, we here have been on, uh, we're recording this during the COVID-19 coronavirus uh, weirdness that is moving through the world. Here in Phoenix, we've been isolated, self-isolated for, this is our third and a half-ish week, but I know in Seattle, you guys have been uh, indoors for at least a week or two longer, right? Yeah, that's correct. I mean, I think I'm going on my fourth week. I um. I think March 24th was when the governor asked everyone to stay at home. Um, but there may have been a couple days prior to that when uh, Microsoft actually asked everyone to work from home. That actually came before the governor said, um, you know, put a stay at home order in place. So um, I feel it's been, you know, four plus weeks. And uh, yesterday, the governor uh, extended our deadline from April 30th now into May, and who knows how much longer that's going to go. But um, yeah, that's where we stand right now. Yeah, it's, these are these are crazy times, and I have, I have a feeling we'll we'll come back to that a few times during our our conversation. But before we get started, why don't you give people who uh, who don't know your name a little bit more of your background and just a little more about where who you are and what you've done. Yeah, I mean, the past seven years I've been with Microsoft, uh, Microsoft Advertising in particular. Um, you know, we work on advertising solutions for companies, uh, include search advertising solutions on Bing. We have um, uh, native advertising solutions on MSN, um, advertising solutions in, in other areas um, like Mixer, which is sort of our Twitch competitor. So, um, you know, what solutions exist in digital, uh, you know, I work on those. And um, really what my role has been is research uh, and innovation with companies in terms of how they use media, how they use communication, how they use um, uh, marketing. Um, in in the digital ecosystem, and and a lot of um, a lot of our research is really on human behavior, the intersection of human behavior with business and technology, media, popular culture, you name it. Um, because um, you know, prior to Microsoft, I worked at Ogilvy for a really long time, and and for those not familiar with Ogilvy, uh, sort of big esteemed advertising agency founded by David Ogilvy. David Ogilvy was really about understanding people. Uh, way, way ahead of his time. Understanding people. Yeah, way ahead of his way ahead of the curve. I mean, a lot of the things that he, he talked about, um, you know, a lot of companies are, are adopting that now in, in the 21st century. And he was talking about these back in the 50s and 60s. Um, 
and uh, you know, new, you know, so that working at Ogilvy, I think I was really just always. Uh, I, I really got into planning really around like, you know, how does a company plan their media, but also how do they plan their business model? Um, and I think um, I've always really been into anticipatory economics. I think I'm making up that term, but that's really around understanding like what is coming so that you can, you can, you can adjust to that. Yeah. Um, I think um, these are areas that, um, uh, you know, I talked a lot about in my book that came out in 2015 called uh, Disruptive Marketing. Uh, I've been talking about this on my own podcast since 2012 called Disruptive FM. These are all areas that have been fascinating to me. I think a lot of a lot of it is because the I, I haven't fallen far from the tree that um my parents were both in. My dad was was an economics professor. My mother was a psychologist. If you if you map both of those together with my love of software and technology, I re, I feel like I've sort of created the you know an interesting role that you know a lot of people may have said in the past. Yeah, we're interested in understanding trends, but at the same time, we're not really interested in in you know putting much emphasis on that. Right. The interest in it versus the doing something about it is, is, is a little bit different uh, set of things, isn't it? So yeah, I've been listening to uh, disruptive FM and really enjoying it. I love the pace of it and I love the way uh, you tackle different topics on there. So uh, keep that up. And it's been fun catching up on some episodes while I've been locked down. Yeah. I mean, the show, uh, disruptive FM. I've you know been doing that now for eight years, and it, again, it was all around what to anticipate, what business trends to anticipate, and I I, I got really into forecasting uh, as a result of that, and 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 that's really what that weekly show is about. Like, what are the sort of three trends that you need to know about how that could be applied to your business? Um, I will tell you, it's quite fascinating since this has all happened that um, I've gotten probably more requests on, Jeff, what do you think this will mean for the world and business (laughs) than at any time before? I mean, I I put out a a trend report at the beginning of the year that, you know, people perked their ears up and they were like, oh, this is pretty cool, you know. explaining what might happen in the in the next decade one of the things that people didn't realize is one of our trends was around the total switch in sustainability we didn't mention a pandemic would do that but we saw business models were definitely changing um we just thought it would play out over an arc five to seven year period now it's played out in basically a five-week period wow i know it's, it's wild how fast things are changing and like you alluded to earlier we we got this crazy information. We were told somebody said, "Oh, we're I'm going to try to have. I think everything can be fixed up by Easter." Then two days later, it was no. Fifteen days after that, now it's in the state of Washington. They're saying no into May. So we're still yeah. in real time. There's not really. I mean, I want to know about consumer trends, but I don't even know when the period to think about that will be. What you know when when's the date that I'm thinking is the start of this future behavior that I'm seeking to understand? And I don't know how to get there. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the interesting thing is to also watch as events that have been scheduled, let's say, for the spring and summer and were pushed to the fall are now just being canceled outright. And there's a there's a reason for that. Um, granted, you might have things back to some normalcy in the fall or let's say winter period. But the economic outcome of all of this has really hurt a lot of people and companies. So even if you hold an event, let's say that you've said you were going to do it, you know, in May, but hey, let's do this in October. By the time October rolls around, you may not have anybody registering to actually go to that event because they may not have any money to go to those events. So I think those are the first to sort of fall out in our in, in watching what what things happen. Are you know are people going to spend money to go to things that they went to in in the past? You know we know that that's not happening. We know that people aren't getting on airlines. They're not moving around quite a bit. How does that affect other areas then? Does that have a ripple or a domino effect in, um, you know, other forms that people pick up on? So if people aren't going to an event and they're staying at home, what are the things that they will be doing at home? Right. What entertainment will they be doing? What ways of socializing will they, will they participate in? We know that Zoom is a huge part of people's social protocol now. We never would have thought that was the case last year, that video peer-to-peer is massive. I mean, companies forever, Adam, have said video peer-to-peer is the future. And it was very it was adopted on a very small curve, yes. if we think about it. I couldn't even get people to adopt Microsoft Teams last year when I was like, hey, this is the future of working. Yeah, whatever. No one's gonna, no one wants to do that. Now everyone's like busting down the door to get, you know, access to Zoom or Microsoft Teams or uh, Citrix or whatever software is out there that allows them to communicate in a, in a video peer-to-peer fashion, especially because that's a big thing that is, is, gonna, is, is, is important to sales. If you think about it, when you're, when you're having a discussion with someone and you're their account representative or you're trying to, you know, make a, make a deal, you know, you don't, you don't want to just be on the call. You don't just want to be on a phone call. You want to be able to have some human mannerisms similar to like how you would have been in the room with them prior to all this happening. So those are areas to watch. I think it'll be interesting as things on the on the fringe or on the edge, how that changes may have a huge, you know, have huge repercussions on how we've, you know, done a lot of things you know, moving forward. Again, I don't have all the answers to it, but this is a fascinating discussion that we're having. Yeah, and we've seen Zoom go from enterprise to individuals. It's like the reverse, it's like the anti-slack almost. Um, What do you think, so based on the way we're all cocooned up now, I've been debating in my head whether whatever the day or period is when we're finally said, okay, wherever in your area, the curve is flattened out enough that people can get back to it. I see this fork in the road where it will either be treated like New Year's Eve, where people are going to go out and go crazy, or New Year's Day, where people are going to say, okay, I've been daydreaming about this better life that I'm going to have if ever I was allowed to return to normal. And I can't, I, I cannot get to a, a data point where I say, 
oh yeah, no, people are going to seek wellness and better for you and healthier choices for sure over I'm going right to the liquor store and I'm buying a keg and I'm going to party in the park with everybody I know for three straight days. It's going to be Woodstock in my backyard. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I think you bring up a good point. Um, I was, I was using the analysis the other day on a, on a call to someone. I said, um, I, I think we now all know what it feels like to be, um, you know, locked up or a caged animal yeah. in a lot of respects. And, um, you know, what happens when someone is released from, you know, prison, they don't even know how to maybe like go back into society or they're just excited to have that freedom, as you said, because they, they, they miss that for so long. Uh, cause the way that we're, you know, navigating now, we're peering into each other's video portals, very much like how you look at an aquarium, you know, it's like, Hey, I can see you there, Adam, <laughs> in a fish in a fishbowl or something. Um, I do think it will have a, a major effect on how people, uh, for a long period of time. And think about this, you know. People just were like, oh, I don't want to have to deal with people. Like, I'll text them or I'll email them or I'll do anything in my power to not have to have any of that social connection. Uh, this could have uh, huge repercussions for um, us wanting to be like more social as a result of all of this. Um, because there's just nothing that, you know, it, digital is, is, is a good alternative to that but it is not a replacement to it i don't think we want to zoom in perpetuity we want to be able to go and have relationships with real people in real life i think it'll actually enhance those relationships because we've maybe taken those for granted for the last 40 years um i think especially the last 10 years in terms of being able to do almost everything electronically um you know, this could have a huge effect on, in a good way, in a positive way, on 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 human interaction when we're able to get back to that stage. I've been having, I'm very big on, hey, if I can handle this in a text or an email, and I don't have to go and sit in a meeting, I would thought I would prefer to do that. Uh, and what I'm learning is, no, it's actually kind of nice to be around physically in proximity to other people. That yeah. the, the connection that you get is a lot more. Uh, it's a much better reinforcement of assent or dissent and understanding each other. The communication is a lot better. Although Zoom is a, is a and Teams too have proven to be pretty good conduits to continuation of some kind of ongoing communication. But there's a, there's a gap. There's still a gap. Yeah, I would agree. With with um, streaming. If I, in Europe, we're seeing that it's really straining the digital infrastructure there. Uh, Netflix and YouTube and, and others have pulled back their bandwidth uh, hogging ways. Uh, not in America, so so far, it seems like it's holding up. My, my bandwidth has been okay. My uh, receptivity to streaming has been okay. But uh, we've been streaming a hell of a lot more than we ever did. We're letting our kids watch more because we're just trying to, we're kind of sort of grateful they're staying in the house and not complaining about being inside. Yeah. Seeing it, when you think about trends, 
is that a lasting trend that these these behaviors and new subscriptions will last or is it okay rain stopped everybody can go back outside let's cancel these three things that we signed up for you think it'll be an overall increase in streaming behavior and streaming service subscriptions yeah i think it was tipping that way before all of this you know we were seeing a lot more people move toward watching content in a, in a streaming manner. I mean, you, you know, linear television isn't dead, but it's, you know, it's been decreasing in terms of its popularity. I think what's happened now is it's decreasing even at a faster rate. And there's a variety of reasons for that. One is there is an endless amount of content in streaming networks. I think they've also tried to figure out how they're going to continue to create content in, in sort of this COVID state that we're in so that there's new content available. The linear television networks don't have that ability. They don't, um, they may have to like, they, I mean, you might get to a point where there's no new programming on those networks or the programming looks a lot like a zoom call, which no one wants to watch. No, we're tolerating. And it's a novelty right it, now. Yeah. But I don't want to see it's Jimmy novelty, Kimmel do but that again. Once he, once there should be programming, I'm going to expect it right away. I agree with you on that, Adam. And then, of course, the other big thing missing from linear TV is there's no sports. So sports make up a big part of that because sports are live and people, of course, tune in to watch live sports. That is, you know, I think that will come back. I think people, you know, have a, you know, sports isn't going to go away. But I think like how they're presented might be very, very different as a result of this. I mean, there's there's been discussions I've had that, um, you know, what you used to love about live sporting events was not just tuning into the event, but also seeing all the people that were at that event. That might look drastically different if there are rules in place, especially for the next year, let's say where stadiums say, yes, we are having this event, but instead of 55,000 or 60,000 people, we are required by the Department of Health to only have 15,000 in the stadium. Right. And they have to be separated into different areas. That doesn't make for good, you know, that doesn't look good on TV. But I do think people will take whatever they, they can get right now. I mean, I would watch any sport of, if I could right now in an empty stadium just to be able to watch it. If they, I think once they have, you know, better testing in place for the athletes, we'll get back to that. You know, I think you will see things like uh, the WWE hosting events where there's nobody in the, in, in the arena. It's, it's almost like, yeah, it's been fascinating. Yes. And UFC tried to do it as well. Yes. UFC, I think will continue to do that. I think they will say like, Hey, you know, once we get the green light, we're going to, you know, we can test the, you know, the fighters and, and we know what's going on, that that will return. Um, that might actually change the television production. So you might get used to very tight shots where you don't see anything, um, you know, you don't see any of the fans because they don't really want to show that. They want it to feel very first person. And that might be very difficult for people to return to a, an era where they were like, hey, I want to see what's in the stadium because they may demand new camera angles. They may demand new uh, interactivity. Uh, all of this will have an effect on everything that we you know, think you know, we've taken for granted 
that will change. So again, like I'm not one of these people who thinks things die because, you know, things don't really die as much as they diminish and they're recycled in new ways. But, you know, all these things will have a huge effect. Um, you know, sports will not be the same. Entertainment will not be the same. I don't think we'll go to Broadway shows the same way we have in the past. I don't think we'll go to movies the same way we've have in the past. Again, none of these industries will die. They just will have to sort of figure out, you know, how do we handle all of this? And I think streaming will be a huge part of that um, factor. I think if you're in the area of production, especially, you know, uh, content production, this could be a time of major growth for you because there might be more industries saying we have to solve for this. Yes. You know, it's not, a, it's not a matter of people coming to a theater anymore. We now have to stream to everybody who's paid $20 a month for the on-demand subscription. This is, this is the new reality that I think a lot of companies are, were not hedging their bet on because they were making a lot of money off the old, uh, you know, the old way of doing things. What do you think from a technology perspective, you know, one thing I've learned is I, I had to pretty quickly leave my desk at my office and start working from home. I left a second monitor. I left a, a Bluetooth keyboard and mouse, and I've been working just from this laptop. Yeah. And it's been mostly flawless. Like, it's not ideal. I have to toggle and scroll through a lot more tabs and windows, but my connection to Zoom has been great. My connection to Teams and Slack and everything has kept me tuned in. My streaming has been fine. If there were sports on, I'm sure I could watch them on my TV. I don't, yeah. I don't, I think one thing this has taught me is I probably don't need any more technology than we have right now. And I assume I'm an average American. We're not like a super heavy tech family that has all the latest gadgets. What do you think that means? You know. Do you think that's true that we'll see a kind of divestment in tech or do you think it'll be the opposite of people saying, well, I had a 65 inch TV last time. And if we had go into lockdown again, I better make sure I have a, an 85 inch. Uh, you know, I agree with your sentiment. I, I have been, um, so I'm sort of an oddball at Microsoft. I've been um, working. I, I have not had a desk in my office in seven years. Hmm. Uh, I have a table. Uh, I work from anywhere I can work. Um, I, I like mobility. Um, so work from home for me did not catch me by surprise because I, 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 I work off a laptop, uh, you know, a high powered sort of laptop. Um, I think if you're in some industries, you need all of those, those, those things. But I think a lot of times we put, um, we put an emphasis on things that we don't necessarily need, and it takes a uh, a drastic shift to realize how much you don't need a lot of the things that you thought you needed. Um, you know, a friend of mine said something quite interesting. They had bought a pair of boots before this whole thing went down. She was excited to wear them uh, for the spring, and they came, and she shipped them back, realizing I'm not going anywhere for a period of time. I don't need these boots. Uh, I think a lot of that is, uh, it, I think a lot of industries now may suffer in terms uh, in downturns because consumption levels might be down uh, for, for two factors. One, people may not have the money to spend on that, but a bigger factor 
is even if they do, they're not interested in spending on it. Let's say you still have, you know, let's say you're still making income right now. You might be like, I don't need a big monitor. I'm fine with what I have here. I mean, uh, there are other areas, though, Adam, I see people rushing off to that they never were interested uh, in before. I need a, a high definition camera so that I look better on camera on these Zoom calls that I'm on because they might be being they might be videoed that then are being circulated. I want to look at least decent in my home office. Uh, I need a pop-up desk that can fit into my small apartment. I think that those, those you know furniture has actually increased as a result of this because people need different types of furniture. I think that'll decrease again once everyone's outfitted for what they what they have. But there are some areas that might you know might never return. You know, I mean, you may never really go and you know spend a lot of extra money on certain types of wardrobe that you wore because you were in a formal environment. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's over, yeah. going away. Business dress is going away. Um, so, you know, suit jackets diminishing. And, and that being replaced more with like athleisure and, and other things that are much more comfortable. So again, we have to pay attention to the fact that, you know, lifestyle changes as a result of this are going to mean pivots in, in, in spending habits because, you know, people are going to basically spend in the areas that they think will, you know, help them sort of get through this. And then even when you get back to some normalcy, they say it takes 66 days to form a habit. If we go longer than that, I think a lot of these things that we've done in the past will be, you know, will be gone. I mean, I'm wondering if I even need a car after all of this, because I might be able to work from anywhere as a result of this. And it's like, you know, I have a car and my wife has a car. I mean, we might just be like, hey, let's go back to the way we were, you know, a long time ago. Let's just have one car. And some people might say like, hey, that's crazy. Aren't you going to need to get around? Well, if I, I mainly use it for commuting. If commuting, go, if commuting goes away or is diminished, you find alternative transportation once you can go back to work. Yes, if I have it. I mean, I think that will have yeah. a huge effect. Yeah, totally agree on that commuting. And I, I, the other industry I was looking at is uh, fitness from the set. I go to a to our little community gym. It's not great. It has what I need, right? Low fee. That's what I'm looking for. So I think for most consumers that relied on a gym now are stuck in their house and figuring out through YouTube how to use water jugs and chairs because they didn't have uh, the, the equipment that they wanted, right? I'm doing this. And so I wonder yeah. if there will be an uptick when this is all done on, on home gym equipment, whether that's a small collection of things yeah. or a full... You know, I'm, I know Peloton is probably having a record month, is my guess. Yeah. Uh, and so I, that's an area that it's not necessarily a new interest in fitness. It's a different way to have the fitness behavior that you've already had. It's a new modality to fitness. It's home home fitness, kind of like remote working. Yeah, I mean, we have search data that shows that the search for dumbbells was like uh a thousand percent increase year over year That's me. dumbbells and kettlebells yeah and though and and then if you actually go and try to buy some of those they're sold out everywhere so it's not just a matter of people searching for intent they actually followed through with that intent and and have 
have, have, have sold out in a lot of retailers who are now trying to figure out how to get this back in stock. And a lot of the companies that make that equipment are like, whoa, we've already produced everything we have for the year. I guess we got to go back and figure out how to make more. Um, that is a fascinating area. I do agree with you. I think things like Peloton are big. I mean, I hung, a, um, you know, I'm, I'm really into boxing. I, I hung my heavy bag that I hadn't have, you know, I didn't have up for a long time when this whole thing kicked in, realizing I was going to have to work out of my garage. I think you're right. I think people will outfit maybe a room in their house moving forward that becomes like their little fitness studio. Uh, you know, no different than how some people outfit, you know, for a home office. Uh, that could change how houses are built. I mean, these are all long-term impacts that, you know, we don't, we don't think about if, if this was something that lasted two weeks and we went back to normal, I think it wouldn't have a big effect on us. The fact that this is going to be longer than 66 days, will uh, we're going to have new habits as a result of this that, you know, we just might not move away from. And, um, and, and, it, and it's basically what this generation is known for. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll see the, we won't know the effects for three, five, seven years because it'll take that long for some of these trends to really emerge in the markets and the foundation of new companies to serve these needs or new offerings from existing companies to serve these needs or companies like uh, Equinox, for example, maybe diminishing while Planet Fitness rises because people say, well, remember that, yes. remember that three month time I couldn't go to the gym and I was paying $200 a month. That was, that sound, that felt kind of weird. I don't want to do that again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any other trends you're seeing in search that are, that are eyebrow raising before I let you go? Yeah. Big one is we've seen an uptick in a lot of do it yourself searches. I think that's a thing that we, we, you know, did not, um, you know, we haven't seen much of in the past. And what we mean by that is, you know, things like how to build something, how to cook something. Those are, those always exist, Adam. Those are always, you know, out there. People are always looking for do it yourself, but that that's uptick to a threshold that is unbelievable now in terms of how many people are looking to figure things out. Cause we do live in a world now where it's like, Hey, let me figure out how to make something because I am at home for so long and I maybe have never had to do this in the past. Um, you know, whether it is cooking or baking or, uh, even something like using software, you might be at home and you may have not had to use a particular type of software that you now have to use more of yes. because you're not, you're not at a, you're not hardwired at a, at a, uh, at an office anymore. Uh, those things are big. We've actually seen a huge uptick in, um, searches for, uh, sweatpants and underwear, uh, which I think shouldn't surprise me, uh, surprise us. But, um, I do think people are like, you know, maybe they had those things, but they're like, wait a minute, if I'm going to be working from home, I'm not getting dressed up anymore. And maybe they didn't have a lot of sweatpants to begin with. So they're looking more for that. I think those are areas um, we'll, you know, we'll continue to see that until it levels off where people feel they have enough of those things to get by for the next, you know, period of period of time. Yeah. They're optimizing um, for, for uh, comfort instead of optimizing for style. We'll see if, that's right. if this extends an additional 30 days, then we'll see what they begin optimizing for then. 
I think the, the other big area, though, like we've seen, obviously, things really drastically decline in travel, um, you know, cruise ships, um, areas like that that shouldn't surprise us. People aren't wanting to move around. They're looking for refunds. They're not looking to book anything until they can figure out where, you know, where they're going. Uh, but we did see an uptick in in electronic devices and 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 furniture, which I think makes sense too if you think about it. Because if you're working from home, you might be like, "Hey, I need this. Let me outfit myself with it, and I need a piece of furniture to actually work from. So let me outfit myself for that." But um, you know, in 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 a lot of areas that um, uh, you know we've seen upticks in. I mean, some of them have been you know, pretty incredible in terms of uh, delivery services, people looking for ways that they can get groceries delivered. Um, you know, all the things that that tie into this whole situation, uh, you know, have been pretty have been pretty standard. I think um, what will be interesting is the longer this goes on, what are the other consumer trends that, you know, that, um, you know, that come to fruition. Uh, another big thing, though, I, th- I should mention is desktop searches or laptop searches are sky, are sky high now. Uh, we used to obviously, you know, mobile's still important and it's still popular. But I think a lot of people in their house are working more from a laptop. Yeah. So they're just doing everything from those devices. Um, and those are areas that we saw, you know, basically flatlining the last five years because... Laptop growth was peaking. Most people were doing things on mobile. And of course, searches for things that are around you are very, very down because no one's out there moving around. So you don't have to search for like restaurants near me or something near me because you're basically at home. So you're basically, you know, just looking for the things that you know are near your house. And those searches diminish because most people know what's in their neighborhood. Um, so that's fascinating. I think it'll be fascinating to see what the um, how that changes as we come out of this. Yeah, my my Foursquare check-ins would be very dull right now if I was still a, a Foursquare user. <laughs> well, Jeff, I, I appreciate you making time to uh, talk through this with me. I, this has been uh, fantastic time well spent. Thank you for making time. Thank you, Adam. Where can people find you online besides uh, Disruptive FM, the, your podcast, anywhere else that you'd like people to to uh, connect? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty active on Twitter, at DJGEOFFE. Um, probably the best place to find me. I'll link to you there for sure in the notes. All right, well, thanks again for joining. Thank you. Wait, don't stop listening. The show's not over. If you liked what you just heard or you've liked any of the episodes of the Strategy Inside Everything, do me a favor. I really appreciate it. Leave a review wherever you listen to the show, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever. Please leave us a rating and a review. Please, if you can, share this episode or another episode with a friend. Let them know what you liked about it. Uh, that helps us quite a bit. If you have ideas for guests, for topics, follow up on episodes you've heard, you can tweet at us at APierno, that's me, or at strategy underscore inside, that's the show. Either way, I promise I will respond to you and get back to you right away. 
And listen, running this show is a labor of love. I really do it just because I enjoy the conversations, but it does cost money. So web hosting costs money. Microphones cost money. My kids' haircuts cost money. If you wouldn't mind, look at our Patreon. It's Patreon, uh, Adam Pirino there, and you can help us out quite a bit. For more information about all the guests we've had, anything you want to know about the podcast, uh, my two books, Underthink It and Specific, or ways to engage with me as a strategy consultant or as a speaker at your next event, please go to adampirino.com and you'll find all the information you want. And if you can't, just send me a note. Thanks a lot.